Welcome to the 5D Academy of Higher Consciousness. I'm Zarathustra, broadcasting live from Los Angeles. And uh, today we're going to be talking about death and grief. A friend of mine uh, asked me if I would be talking about um, death and grieving. And this is something that we all have experienced. We all have lost people who we are close to and we love and have experienced uh, grief. The interesting part to me is that death is a very natural phenomena and um, we see it in the nature as the seasons change. Um, but somehow in our training and upbringing in the society, we view death as a bad thing. And in a lot of different cultures, uh, we wear black, we mourn when we lose somebody. And I feel like we were not educated when it comes to dying. Number one, what happens after you die? And, uh, and what makes us think that it's a bad thing? And, and it, there is this general idea that uh, first of all, most people don't want to talk about it. When you bring it up, they change the subject. They get very uncomfortable. Um, especially, um, I've noticed a little bit with, sort of with older people that they're around, I'm around them. They want to avoid the subject and um, act like as if this is not going to happen. Uh, I can I saw it with my own. I see it with my own family and um, basically the general mentality is that it's not being embraced and which I believe if we educate ourselves and it's, it's a conditioning basically that death is a very bad thing or death is the end and as if you're going to go into this void and you're, you're not here anymore or you're not functioning anymore there's no awareness anymore and you disappear forever something like that or something bad very bad is gonna happen well I don't know of anybody who died and came back six months after somebody died they buried them and then six months after they came back and tell me what is going on on the other side we have met people who had near-death experiences and a lot of people say that they went through a tunnel of light but uh, and somehow they came back but we don't know of anybody who died and got buried and came back a year after so we don't know what's going on on the other side and however watching observing the cycle of life everything has a cycle and you can easily see it, especially right now that we're approaching autumn and slowly you can see the leaves are turning color. They're going from green to yellow and red and uh, the weather starts to change. Uh, slowly, slowly the weather starts getting colder. Everything's going in, inwards and uh, there's a shift happening. And, and then so from autumn it goes to winter and it's completely shut down and it's all internal and then it comes to spring and everything starts opening up so 
if anyone's done any kind of farming, they're very familiar with the cycle of the seasons. And, and there is a process of birth and death, which is absolutely, in this dimension, is a necessity. So, why is it we're so afraid of dying? What, what is it that we feel entitled that maybe we should be living forever? I mean, I don't want to be living forever. If they come and grant me another 100 or 200 years, I don't think if I want to do it. Um, especially as the body gets older and starts malfunctioning and there's all kinds of health issues. And you're not flexible anymore. You can't do the things you wanted to do. So I, I don't think I want to do that. I mean, even if I make it to 100, I feel like that's enough for me. So part of me is feels like, okay, I want to move on. I want to go on and see what's going on next, what's out there. And if I would be going to a different dimension or we'll go to another planet or whatever is the story, I'm very open to it. In a way, it kind of feels like um, you're traveling through different countries. Uh, you catch a flight, you go to Paris, you're in Paris. From Paris, you go to uh, Morocco. Um, from there, maybe you go to Tahiti, and from there you may go to Amsterdam. I don't know. You're just going from one place to another, so it's exciting to uh, explore different places, different cultures, different looks, different people, different food, uh, weather, um, all of it. And that's how I view death. Uh, I, find, I find it exciting. The last time I had a near-death experience, um, honestly, I mean, you know, it may weird out some people because I can never tell this to my family. They would not understand it. But uh, I very strongly felt that the life force was leaving my body. And I called a lot of my friends. So they came over visiting me. Uh, I had a closet f full of interesting clothing. And uh, any friend who came to visit me, I, I didn't tell them I'm dying. I just told them, look, go into my closet and pick up anything you like, whether you want a jacket or pants or shirt or anything. And they were wondering why I was doing it. But I very much believed that that was my last night. And uh, that evening, that afternoon evening was the last evening I was going to have. And... Uh, after different friends came and visited me and left, I was hanging out in my bedroom, lying down on the bed, and there was this very deep silence with a sort of a, it wasn't a golden light, but it was some kind of light. It, I can, the only way I can explain it, I can say it was a golden light, but it wasn't really gold, but it was something in between, bright and gold started to appear and fill up the room. But the silence that took over, this really deep uh, stillness of quiet and inner peace and uh, maybe I can say love or acceptance began to fill up the room. And I can't explain how beautiful it was. I can't explain how amazing it was. And I'm just hanging out there and I'm just feeling this. 
and it was like, oh my God, I dig this. I'm ready for this. This is amazing. I want this. And anyway, I fa finally fall asleep, and the next morning when I wake up, there was some beautiful sunshine, sun rays coming in. I had this very, uh, I had a mosquito net type. It was a orange mosquito net that I had brought from Bali, and I had it kind of spread on the top of the ceiling. And the light was hitting this orange mosquito net, and it was spreading all over. So I wake up. Obviously, I realize I'm not dead, and uh, I was a bit bummed out. I was bummed out, and a part of me was happy that I was alive, but it, it was like, I, I want this, because it was kind of like the beloved appeared, and uh, you're excited you're joining your beloved, you're excited that you're going to be hugging your beloved, you're going to be making love to your beloved, and uh, now it's not there anymore. So I don't think and don't feel death is a bad thing. I'm open to it. And whenever it wants to come, I, I'm ready to go for it. It's a transition. It's a journey. In my opinion, obviously, I haven't been on the other side and come back a year after to tell you what's going on. We have heard stories. Uh, especially in early stages of my life, being exposed to some religious talks and talking about heaven and hell and blah, blah, blah. And then later on, as I uh, matured, I realized those are just stories and, and uh, I, n I couldn't buy into the whole story of heaven and hell. Um, I mean, when I hear about heaven, to me, it's boring. Um, I don't think I want to be somewhere that is all da da la 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 and I think you get bored after 100 years or something if you're in heaven. That kind of heaven they're talking about. I think it's not exciting. It's very boring with a lot of other people who are very holy. So I'm not into that. And the heaven they're ta the hell they're talking about that doesn't make sense to me either. That you're going to be in this place that you're go you're in the fire and and you're suffering all the time no uh, uh, uh. I think the hell they talk about is here and a lot of people are in it already so that story I very quickly dismissed and couldn't really buy it um, now let's talk about grief that's a natural phenomena that when we lose someone we love naturally we're going to be missing him my experience of losing three people that were very close to me and I dearly love them and do love them, my experience was that they moved into my heart. I feel them now more than I feel them, felt them ever before. Something shifted. Before, I would think about them every once in a while. And of course, there was a strong love between us. After their death, I can feel them very strongly in my heart, very strongly, more than ever. And that feeling has not changed. I mean, my best friend passed away in 2012 or 13, and to this day, I feel his presence. I lost my sister in 2003. I feel her presence very strongly, and I lost my father in 2015. 
all of them I feel them very strongly in my heart so if death was the end of the story then I mean I'm just being practical with it and uh, so if it was the end of the story why am I feeling them so strongly why there is this presence of them that sometimes I can feel them in my cottage where if I'm traveling if I am um, in the desert if I'm by myself somewhere I feel the presence sometimes I hear their voices as if they talk to me and I don't feel like I'm delusional I just can hear them talking to me or telling me to do something or not to do something or giving me a message or I can feel like something's hovering around me and it's touching me or caressing me but as far as uh, grieving goes that's a natural very natural thing because you no longer have this person physically next to you and of course even though that you feel them very strongly in your heart nothing's in comparison in having them physically near you so you can touch them and hug them and kiss them and hold them in your arms of course I prefer that we all do that but we have to shift our consciousness we have to elevate um, and change the way we look at things if we want to be free and view death differently not as a bad thing but as a transition that takes place and it's natural because the entire nature follows this this law and what makes me think that it's a bad thing and what makes me think is a bad thing is my conditioning is the way I was brought up if we were in a society or we grew up in a culture that embraced death and would celebrate it so if somebody you love they would pass and we would be celebrating their passing as a transition to a different dimension or the whatever you want to name it we, we can call it anything we want but what's the difference between if I feel that there is a sense of I am I know I am there's a presence which I cannot imagine that if my body dies this I am anything is gonna happen to it as far as I know it's eternal the consciousness the awareness of the presence of this person where would it go how would it end which to me is impossible but the body naturally is going to terminate so you can have a belief system that when you die it's over it's finished or whatever this fear that we have of this place that we're going to be going because it's unknown and generally there's this major fear of this unknown but you don't know it may be hundred times better than this life you're living why would you believe that it's a really a bad thing why not isn't that a belief system how do you know it's a bad thing who do you know who died and came back maybe if it's really a bad thing some people would come back and would say you know what I don't dig it I'm, I'm coming back so no one has come back from it to give us any reports so what makes us think that it's a horrible thing it's this dark nasty 
cold, alone place. What makes you think that way? And, and to my belief, it's because of our conditioning. It's our culture. It's the society, the way they deal with it. Now, imagine that you grew up in a culture that was really embracing death as a transition, as a transformation to a better life. And when someone was passing, whether it was voluntarily or they were just passing, it happened, it's an accident or whatever, is, whatever happened. And we were celebrating it. There was a big celebration. Everybody would come together. There was food, there were drinks, there was music. We were all wearing white or colors and celebrating it. And it wasn't anything bad. And the idea was, okay, you're going to the other side. You're going to be getting together with your parents. You're going to be getting together with your cousins, with your uncles, aunts, friends, everyone who left before you. And we're celebrating that, that it's a reunion with our family and friends. So it was something like, in a way, you were looking forward to as you're coming closer to the end of the line or this life. So it would have been a complete different story. As far as uh, grieving goes, I feel like it shouldn't be repressed. We should allow it to be. The, my experience was I, I didn't force myself to not be sad or be sad. I didn't force myself to cry or not cry. I just allowed myself to be very natural with this. And the sadness would come. Uh, sometimes in the beginning, after you lose somebody, you don't really feel. I mean, you're sad, but you're not really feeling it. For me, it was uh, the last time after I lost my dad, I... Um, the first week, I mean, the first couple of days, it was very sad. And then when I uh, came to the U.S., um, I wasn't feeling so much. But then, like a couple of weeks after, it was coming out very strongly. And there were moments that I would just burst into tears and crying. And then there were moments like I was laughing. But I allowed it to happen. And it's my suggestion to anybody who experience this is to be very natural about it and to allow yourself to feel just feel everything you need to feel but I and also in there, there are moments that you may go to this regret like you didn't spend enough time with the person or you may be blaming yourself but I didn't do any of that because I knew I exactly spent whatever time I had to spend with them. There was nothing else I could do. Uh, it was perfectly designed to be that way. Of course, a part of you, the mind will come and say, well, I wish I had more time with them or I wish I spent more, I, I uh, gave them more attention or whatever. That is a natural part. I mean, the mind is going to play that game with you anyway. It doesn't matter what. I mean, you could be spending every day with that person and be very attentive to a person who's close to you and it's dying. And still, after they die, your mind will come and tell you, well, you didn't do enough. You should have done more. That's the nature of the mind. And you want to be treating the mind the same way you're treating it 
in your meditation and the same way in your your training you're simply being an observer of it and you watch it because it's going to come and play tricks on you wants to blame you you should have done this you should have done that you should have been more attentive um, you didn't do enough you didn't say what you had to say all of these things will come but my suggestion is allow it to come simply be aware of it watch it and not go anywhere with it and when sadness comes embrace sadness and be sad because that's a beautiful emotion to be sad to feel sadness natural be sad there's nothing wrong with it feel it when it comes that sadness comes it's so strong that there's nothing you can do about it it takes over and just dive into it just be present with it do the same thing sadness is here sadness is visiting and feel the sadness completely and then the sadness will go away just like anything else and then it may come back again I remember like a month after my dad passed I'm driving towards Sedona and all of a sudden the sadness strong sadness took over and I just burst into crying and it was beautiful cried for five minutes or ten minutes to a point that I had to pull over and then it goes away and then you just continue driving and of course like anything else the feeling is gonna come and go but if you're trained if you have done the work and you simply remain the observer of your emotions and you're observing your mind then you don't go into these self-sabotage and self-blame places blaming yourself because that's a trick the mind will play on you blaming yourself feeling guilty you feel the emotion when it's happening but you don't go into a story with it because that story comes you feel the emotion you feel really sad you feel the grief but then what happens is after that the mind will come and start a story that you weren't good enough you didn't pay attention to this person to your loved one you weren't with them blah 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 and then you start blaming yourself or going to this story of poor me and I lost my child or I lost my husband or wife or mother and poor me story pay attention to me I'm unfortunate that's another game the mind is gonna play and you have to be aware of it so you don't go into this victim place but we have to reprogram ourselves and retrain ourselves by understanding that life and birth and death is a natural part of this dimension everything's got a period from the time it arises to the time that it's gonna disappear it's got a time period nothing's gonna last forever nothing even the planet earth always is changing even the most amazing power uh, solid mountains they're changing everything's gonna change anybody has any questions or any comments hi Dorothy yes I want to share something with you all okay. um, in 2012 my father died and um, I made a very important experience for me and at this time I was already trained in being in the flow with feelings just to feel a feeling very pure and 
I experienced a, a period of time, I think about two months, I was really, really sad. Not always, but often. But it was no suffering and no pain. It was pure sadness. And I can say, in a way, I, I could enjoy it. it. It has a certain beauty and without suffering. And that was very, very good for me to experience in, in that way. It was so intensive. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it's just, uh, you, you know, you kind of become even more beautiful because you're in this deep sadness and you're very vulnerable and your guards are down and there's a purity in it that I've experienced, yeah. that you're very raw and uh, it, it makes you even more beautiful than ever before. Thanks for sharing. Anybody else? Hi, Katie. Hi. I just want to have a comment or experience. I just recently lost my dad a year ago, sir, and I was his caregiver. And, and then three years ago, 2007, I lost mom and my dad and I were her caregiver. And it was like a double whammy for me, just not like a victim, but just lost, you know, a continue of losing, you know, my loved one. Yes. Uh, I pretty much um, on a spiritual journey now and I feel my dad is here all the time and he gives me signs uh, he comes as hummingbirds and you know it's just a real he's given me which is wild uh, a spiritual um, rebirth I guess yes and it's uh, very it, it's wild because my dad was a low-key guy and very but now in a spiritual world, he's like, okay, here, here it is. Here I am. And I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to help you out. Just listen. So it's just listening, feeling, and the divine will come. He will come or my parents will. That's all. Beautiful. That's, that's a good thing you brought up because um, for me, what happened when I lost my sister, uh, it really... Uh, made us all in the family to be more attentive with each other and more present and pay more attention. Uh, it made me realize like with all the loved ones, family, friends, like how little time you have with each other and not take anything for granted. So it's like my sister goes and then my best friend goes like 10 years after and it kind of like sharpens your senses because uh, you realize how fragile fragile life is. First of all, you're always on the edge of death. From the time you were born, you're on edge of death because there's no guarantee how long you're going to live. And there's no guarantee how long the people around you are going to be around. So, you know, we get caught up in this, in this um, fast-paced life and with our own agendas and the stuff we're doing and we're going 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 and sometimes we're not paying any attention because we get so busy with our own stuff but when you lose someone close to you and you care for it wakes you up that wait a minute maybe i can stop by and make that phone call or maybe i can just spend a little bit more time or at least when i'm with the people i love be really present and really absorb him and drink him and uh, because this could be the last time we're going to be together and 
kind of bringing that awareness because that's what it does. It wakes you up from this sleepy, dreamy place to the reality that this moment is the only moment you have. And don't take anything for granted that, oh, she's, gonna, she's always going to be there or he's always going to be there. And that's not how it is. Also made me realize that the time you're born is set and the time you die is set. It's already written. There's nothing you can do to extend your life. Nothing. I mean, you can do all these jumping jacks. It won't make any difference. It's already written. It's already set. So then you can just live your life bravely and live it fully and do everything you want to do and express yourself in this life in whatever way that works for you and, and try to do all the stuff you really love to do and, and love anybody you want to love, tell them whatever you want to tell them, whatever it is, because somehow we have this deep conditioning that we're hanging on. We want to hang on to things all the time. But so there's this thing. You can see it with people accumulating, let's say, more wealth. Like the concentration is in accumulation of objects. Let me have more, more, more. And there's nothing wrong with being wealthy or accumulating more wealth, but losing sight from life that everything is temporarily, everything has a life sh shelf life, and it's only going to be for a period of time, and it all can disappear at any moment. All of it can be gone like this. And it's interesting that how many times you have to see this happen? How many times this has to happen to you? How many times you have to see that people die or people around you die? Or you lose things, that you got all these things, but you cannot hang on to them and they come and go. I mean, how many times life has to show you this, that everything is always changing? I mean, look at our world prior to February 15th or I mean, Jan March 15th or March 1st, we had a different world. And then what happened to our world? That world that we knew is gone. I mean, isn't that a good example? What else do we need? I mean, how many people around you died? What is it we have to go through to get it? And yet, we don't get it or we don't want to look at it. Somehow you brush it under the rug as if it doesn't happen. It's not going to happen to you. It's right in front of us and it's happening all the time. It's so clear and it's not a bad thing. Death is not a bad thing. It's a transition because the I am remains the I am. It's interesting because when uh, it always it points out to the power of love that uh, Katie, you mentioned that you lost your father, but you feel your father very strongly in your heart and you feel the love and the love is not gone. The love actually is stronger than before. So and even the bonding maybe got stronger. Yeah, it's like love. Yeah, I'm going to unmute you. Okay, I unmuted you. Absolutely. Um, my bond with my dad. My dad and I were close anyway because I was with him care of the hospice. But every day, you know, taking care of my dad 24-7. And then when he passed, 
and this is a wild thing too when he passed he passed in our um house at my family's house um and my brother was there my younger brother was there you better get over here to pass and we both saw um our outside light just totally it was like a sun it just kind of it was that night and it just kind of expanded and i'm going oh my god you know they're coming uh you know the family the angels or the divine is coming to help my dad transition and my and my brother saw did you see that and i go yeah i saw that and my dad passed you know peacefully and after that my dad has been always here with me i mean i feel him all the time um we had a a riot here um, with those riots, you know, that was going on. Mm-hmm. It was down the street, and uh, I heard my dad just go, be calm, and just like, you're okay. And I was wow. you know, I mean, it, it's that type of divine, you know, coming in, and I, I guess I'm trying to say, just hear it. Just try to hear your, your relatives or person they love, and they will help you. Just call them, you know, like, hey, I I help will come. He will, he's always here for me. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. It's just, you know, and it's even, but like you say, it's even more intense now than I, you know, he's here, you know, when I'm sleeping up and with my plants. They're all gardeners and my dad's out pointing things out. <laughs> guiding you is he kind is of taking the role of your, your higher self, your guide. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very, you know, I have not afraid of death, you no know, anything like you kind of looking forward, like, oh, this is going to be an adventure. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm happy to hear that. So good. So good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. Hi, Breda. Hi. Hello. Um, I turn up the volume. Um, you may not want to go there because it's not directly on our topic of today. I have no, but it is a continuum of the same. I have no problem with anything you said today. I'm absolutely uh, in unity with you and have experienced that many, many times with relatives, friends, and with my own advanced years as well. <clears throat> and I have no fear of death. The, the question that's sort of buzzing around in my mind, which you may choose to answer or not, is um, how much of this life is based on previous lives or do we have some free freedom to choose our kind of contracts or what we're working out in this life or when we transition which you have described so beautifully um, are our relatives uh, that we've known in this life do they continue in ways in other lives or etc etc have you anything to say about that it's just it's of great interest to me because certainly we connect with them they are dead, but they're living within us, and they're living in our spirits and our consciousness. We zip over or zip to a different dimension, and then when we zip off to back to Earth again, how, how does it work out? Would you care to comment, please? Right. Yeah, sure. That's a great one. Thank you for asking this. I, as far as I know, which I know very little, um, is when... Before we're born, Ishvara, great Lord God, is writing a script for us. And so it's like, these are the lessons you need to learn. 
So it's like they write the script for you. This is your life. You're going to go there. And these are the players that are going to come with you. Your mom, your dad. You're going to be landing in this family. This is going to be your dad. That's going to be your mom. Whether they're abusive or they're loving or whatever is the scenario, we land in this particular situation because there are certain life lessons we have to learn. It's already written and there's no choice in it. So you just go, let's say, you know, somebody, let's, let's say they lost their child. She was 30 years old. She died at age 30 or died at age 13 or 14. And of course, for a parent, it's very, very difficult to lose their child. But that period of time that this person came in, they had a specific mission to live that life for 13 years or 40 years and learn whatever they had to learn and experience whatever they had to experience as well as teaching whatever they had to talk to the people around them. It's all, all, all of it is already set. As far as whether after we die and we go to the other side and joining our family, those parts I don't exactly know, to be honest with you. So um, I don't know what to say because I don't know. I haven't gone to the other side and be there for six months or a year and uh, come back and I've been on the edge of it. But, Karen, just one moment, I'll get to you. I've been on the edge of it, but I haven't gone all the way and come back. So, I don't really know if... Because, uh, what if you go to the other side and your dad's already reincarnated and is back on Earth or some other plane? Um, however, it's hard for me to even imagine that after you're, you die... It's the end of it because it is a cycle and and it keeps going. It's it's eternal. So this life is not the end of my life, my being. That part I know. But uh, what happens after, I don't really know. I hope I answered your question here. I'm going to unmute you for a moment. So. Um, yes, you, you did. I have just one, one um, qualification there. When you say it's already set, this life is already set, do, do we, do I have any say in the setting? Or are you saying some greater spirit is set to me according to my karmic path? Right. Yeah. The, um, there, there is no free will. Because to have free will means you have to be an independent entity separated from the whole thing, from the whole. But there's no such a thing separated from the whole. I am a part of existence. So this notion of being, having a free will, it's, it's just a sense of that I am someone independent, I'm almighty, I choose my own life, I choose which direction to go, what to do, but that doesn't exist because wow. the entire existence is deciding what to do through this unit. And it is, in a way, is a paradox because you may say, okay, if everything's already said, then why would you be reincarnating or coming back yeah. to this life or have to go through life lessons? 
and then die and come back is if it's uh, all God, if it's all so but there's parts of it is really unexplainable because the reason it's unexplainable because we're trying to understand something with the human mind. We're trying to separate things in black and white. It's either I have free will or I don't have free will. But it's not like that. It's like when awakening happens, when you reach a higher level of consciousness, you start realizing that things are not black and white. There's something in between. It is and it's not. So in a way, you don't have free will, but it appears that you do have free will. And you incarnate and live this life to learn lessons, to experience. And you also realize that it's the self, it's that the one being that wants to experience different aspects and different lives through all these different units. Let's say right now there's 7 billion people. I don't know if it's 6, 7, 8 or whatever it is. Uh, which doesn't matter to me because I don't experience it. I can't experience 7 billion people. I only experience a few people who I see around me. So I can't feel more than that. So, but there is a phenomena happening. There is, it, it looks like there's these transactions happening. And there is something to gain, something to learn and experience. It, it, that's all I, I can perceive in this life. It's very limited because I can't see anything beyond that. You know, I can't see the whole big picture because it's not that information is not available. What's available to me is very limited. So based on very limited information, we're, we are going forward and we're operating on very little vision, very little that we see. Because you can't look back and see all of your lives in details. You can't go back to the past. You can't go to the future. It's very one-dimensional. So, but what I've realized, I can only speak of my personal, direct personal experience, is my experience and my realization is free will does not exist because there is no independent entity separated from the source. There is no one person separated from the whole. Everything is a part of the whole. So that one person, if it's a part of the whole, then cannot have its own independent free will. Its will is the will of the totality. Even though it appears to be separated, it feels like separated. There's a sense of separation. It feels that way. All of your experiences from your childhood up to this point points out to that. However, when you are in deep meditation, when you go beyond the thinking mind and you go to no mind, then you experience the oneness. You experience the complete being, the, the I am. Excuse me, someone's trying to call me. It happens a lot of times, whether it's in meditation, uh, if you are making love, when you're giving birth. There's many uh, different moments in life that that sense of separation is not there. And actually, there is no one there. 
So you are doing something, but that sense of doing is not there. Something else is doing. And those are the moments that you get a glimpse of the absolute because you it's perfect it's divine it's blissful and it's effortless and i'm sure you've experienced but again as i mentioned this is my personal direct experience somebody else or there's books or there's a lot of teachers books talking about what happens after you die where do you go and da 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 da, da, da. i really can't talk about things i don't know you're welcome hi karen hello hello Hi. I, I just wonder when you say this that you can only talk about out from your direct experience. When you say this, and 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 then you say that uh, that we're handed a script, right? What, uh -huh. do you, what do you mean that you can only talk out of your direct experience? Right. Exactly. Right. That's okay. That's something that was shown to me. It was shown to me. So the things that I have seen and it was expressed uh, and, and uh, it's something that was shown to me. So that I can talk about. Uh, it's like when you're in some deep states of samadhi and you travel and you go to different parts of universe and you see different life forms or you have different encounters with trans-dimensional beings. So it's something you have experienced or something the divine has shown to you. Are you with me? Yeah. Is your attention with me or you're somewhere else? No, I'm with you. Okay, right. So the way it works is there's like a curtain. There's a, it's basically you have a curtain in front of you, okay? And sometimes God takes this curtain down and shows itself to you and then they pull the curtain back up so that's where you get a glimpse of the absolute you basically when they want you to know something or to see something they reveal it to you and I'll give you an, a simple example What's the difference between us, which is a small group of sannyasins, small group of the monks on the path, spiritual seekers, and the mainstream world? Why the mainstream world, the mainstream people are not interested in what, what we're doing? And they, may, they probably make fun of you and me. Because to them, what we do is BS. We're the weirdos. We're strange. We're weird people. You know? Coming on this spiritual path. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. So, have you, have you ever thought about that? Is, you, you know, your, I don't know, I don't know about your life. I mean, your family or friends or whatever, or different people. You're, is everybody spiritual in your family, in your clan? in your tribe no absolutely not but i i have many 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 friends that are uh, weird in right yeah. right right but but do you agree that majority of people on this planet are not spiritual they're not on this path yes yes okay so why why are we on this path and they're not on this path why are we drawn so strongly towards God, 
love, self-realization, and they're, to them it's bullshit. You know, you can't talk about these things with them. So, why is that? It's because the self, Her Majesty, God, the Spirit, again, whatever name we want to give it, hasn't revealed itself to them. Because God has to want you to get a taste of it, get a taste of love, get a taste of that for you to come on this path. Otherwise, it's impossible. You can sit down and read about it all day long, but you're not touched. And then when the divine self wants to, it opens the curtain and shows its face to you. And then you're hooked. Because when you get a taste of God like that, taste of, when I say love, I'm not talking about human love, romantic love. I'm talking about divine love. When you get a taste of it, there's no way back. You can't go back. You can't turn around. You're hooked. It's like God impregnant you. You're pregnant. And you want more. 